Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the bonus podcast. Woo. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And this is part two of our super special Ask Us Anything invitation. And you sure have. Yes, we have lots of questions uh, for this episode of Ask Us Anything, we are focusing more on the direct advice that you solicited from us. In the first Ask Us Anything, we tackled y'all's questions that were more about who Caroline and I are behind the podcast. Yeah, our lives outside of the studio. Our favorite beer. Yeah. And this time we're going to get into some more hard-hitting questions. Yeah. Going but on in y'all's lives. But first, Kristen. Yes, but first. So, you asked me certain questions last week. Yes, the condensed Proust questionnaire from inside the actor's studio. Yes, so now you asked me to picture you as James Lipton, and now I ask for the same favor in return. Do you see the glasses and the balding head? I see the beard, most of all. Perfect. That's what I'm going for. All right, Kristen. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is your favorite word? Minutia. What is your least favorite word? Misandry. Because sometimes we are labeled as women who promote misandry. Hmm. Okay. What turns you on? The smell of new books. Hmm. Yeah. What turns you off? The smell of old books. No, uh, maybe, uh, oh, cat litter box smell. Mm, yeah. What sound do you love? I love the sound. Oh, this is very specific and weird. Okay. I really like the sound of, oh God, I don't know why I'm telling you this. <laughs> I really like the sound of a teacup hitting a saucer. Like porcelain on on porcelain. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what that means. You like things proper. I do. What sound do you hate? Nails down a chalkboard. Ewey, yeah, okay. What is your favorite curse word that you can say on the podcast? Fiddlesticks. Uh What profession other than yours would you like to attempt? Maybe lawyering. Really? For the suits. Okay. What profession would you not like to do? While it would probably be in reality lawyering, um, I would not really like to be a daycare center employee again because I've done that before and it was very taxing. Hmm. And Kristen, the last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I subscribe to your podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen Conger. Thank you, Carol. I mean, James Lipton. Uh, now, before we get, though, to your questions, wonderful listeners, we do have a brief word from our sponsor of this bonus episode, which is ShareFile. Because, Caroline, you know what? You and I, I'm sure, have both experienced this. Emailing a big file for a client that is too big to attach 
sending a confidential file and there's no good way to do it securely, or being out of the HowStuffWorks.com offices and not having access to a spreadsheet or PowerPoint or even a podcast, say, that is on your work computer. But there is a solution that we have found, and that solution is ShareFile. ShareFile brought to you by Citrix. It's the powerful tool that millions of professionals rely on every day. Unlike other services, Kristen, ShareFile was designed specifically for business use and allows you to send files of almost any size and access your files from any computer or mobile device, not while driving. ShareFile enhances your workflow easily and securely. So you have to try ShareFile today. Yeah, you can get started with our special risk-free offer. That's a full 30-day free trial. Just go to sharefile.com, click on the radio microphone, and enter our promo code STUFF. Remember, visit sharefile.com and type in our promo code STUFF. Now let's get to some advice giving, Caroline. Okay, I would just like to preface this with um, I am more of the uh, gut person when it comes to giving advice. And and I think, Kristen, uh, you might have done a little more research onto some of these questions that our dear listeners sent in. Are you calling me the brains? You're the heart and I'm the brains. Or am I the brawn? Am yeah. I the brawn and the heart? You can be you can be the brawn and the heart. <laughs> yes. I'm the muscle. Hooray. <laughs> Finally, at five two, I'm the muscle for something. Well, first up, we've got Jess, who calls herself longtime super fan, first time caller. Hello, <laughs> you're on the line, Jess. She writes, I'm struggling with some pretty serious health stuff, and I just want to know what's a young lady, freshly 30, have to do around here to get taken seriously medically? Well, that makes me wonder what, you know, obviously you didn't provide us with any details about what kind of medical problems you may be having. Um, but it does make me wonder, you know, if you're uh, maybe going to the doctor frequently for lots of things. Maybe Maybe we've got a touch of the hypochondria. I know that I often went to the doctor. When I lived in Augusta, I had this great internist. She was wonderful, and I thought I was having a heart attack one time. And then I, I went to her for everything from, like, indigestion to thinking I was having a heart attack. And, you know, she was always great. So all of my stumbling advice, I'm, I'm, I'm what I'm trying to get to is maybe you're not seeing the right type of doctor. Maybe the person you're going to is insensitive and not paying you the attention you deserve. Yeah, and I would say that you could be right on the money there, Caroline, because according to the American Autoimmune Related Disease Association, an estimated 40% of women have been told by doctors that they're making up their illnesses. So you're not alone, Jess, if you're feeling like you're not getting the respect that you are due. So I would take advice that we've given in past podcasts, especially the one where we were talking about women at the doctor's office and this very issue of getting that R-E-S-P-E-C-T prescription, hmm, uh, is going to a doctor armed with questions and information. But right, also make sure you push for what you feel you need to know. For instance, in a past episode, I talked about how when I told my gynecologist I was experiencing a lot of anxiety and wasn't sleeping, she just 
tried to write me a prescription for anxiety medication. Well, that's not what I felt I needed, and I didn't end up filling the prescription. What I should have done is pursued the topic further, say, you know what, I appreciate it, but what I really think I need to do is talk to somebody and get, you know, X, Y, Z type of help. Mm -hmm. So really push for what you think you need, and don't let any doctors rush you out of the office. Like Kristen said, come prepared with your questions, and don't let anybody make you feel like a doormat at the doctor's office. Now, moving on from matters of the body to matters of the metaphorical heart in a very awkward transition, (laughs) we now have a question from Paul. And Paul has a huge crush on a girl that he met at church. Paul is 35 years old. The girl in question, the woman in question, I should say, is 20 And he writes, uh, the problem is there's that huge age gap, so it would probably not be a good idea for us to go out. Add to this the fact that we both come from dysfunctional backgrounds, probably not a good combo. She seems to have a really solid head on her shoulders, all things considering. And she also has a six-month-old kid that caused her to really grow up. But in any case, I can't stop thinking about her whenever he goes to church. He catches himself staring at her. Everything she does, he says, makes me more attracted to her. What can I do to get this woman out of my brain? Well, I mean, under normal circumstances, I would say that a 35-year-old dating a 20-year-old is a horrific idea. Um, However... You said that you have similar backgrounds. You're meeting at church, so obviously you you have more than just a, maybe a, an unfortunate background in common. She, you said she is mature for her age because of having a child. I'm thinking that this is maybe just possible bad timing on both of your parts and that maybe you should try to get her out of your head. Well, yeah, but he's asking how. How do you push? Uh, how do you push the object of someone out of your head? Because what's going on? Caroline, if I may put on my dark-rimmed glasses. Please do. Uh, is that he's experiencing something called limerence. And this is a term coined in the late 1970s by the late psych professor Dorothy Tenov, uh, which is essentially a, a, a catch-all for an obsessive crush on someone. It involves obsessive compulsive thoughts, feelings, behaviors, emotional dependence, which it sounds like he's not really in an emotionally dependent state at this point. But this is also a biochemical process that's happening because of a cocktail of norepinephrine, dopamine, estrogen, testosterone, etc. He's addicted. Yeah, it's making your brain go crazy. And the bad news is is that Tenov, the limerence expert, estimates that it can last between 18 months to three years. Hmm. But don't worry. You don't have to find a new church. But I do think that, you know, he recognizes that this might not be a great idea. Um, So he might need to figure out ways to limit his exposure to the trigger, to this amazing woman, um, and let time take its toll and sort of ease him away from that. And maybe if it's possible, I mean, this could be harder if he's in a smaller town, mm-hmm. but thanks to things like online dating, right. the Harmony OkCupid, okay, if he is looking for someone to date, Get online because you can narrow things down by age group. You can find someone who's a little more age appropriate, someone who has similar belief systems as he does. Right. And maybe um, take his attentions elsewhere. Yeah, because, I mean, I know you have this big crush on her, um, but that is a very big age gap, as you pointed out. And 
while she is mature, there's just significant life differences there that have occurred. Also, not just because she's so much younger than you, but also because she does have a child. Yeah. So I hope this helps, Paul. I mean, I, th- I think a little bit of distraction. And also, I mean, it, don't beat yourself up for having this crush. Crushes happen, but uh, maybe keep in mind all of those reasons that you have outlined to us as to why it would probably be a bad idea and go with your gut on that. Okay, well, uh, Kristen Claire wrote in and has sort of a, a gender norms question. She says, uh, my best friend is an agender male who has always detested gender roles, as do I. A week or two ago, we were hanging out, and he confessed to me that he had always wanted to shave his legs, but he was scared because people might think he was weird because there's that whole stigma that comes with a guy doing, quote-unquote, effeminate things. So... She goes on to say that they had a shaving fiesta. They shaved their legs. He was, you know, really happy with the outcome. Everything was great. But then his younger sister, who's in middle school, made fun of him. Yeah. She she immediately made fun of him. And so Claire says, I know the sister personally and would love to give her a respectful talk on gender roles and accepting her sibling, but she's in middle school, and I think it might just go over her head. Still, I want to w- wipe away the impression that her brother is a freak, and I don't know how to approach it. Should I go for it? What do you think? I think that maybe the easiest approach that she could take with this guy's middle school sister is to first take the tack of sisterly love. She should, if she wants to tell this girl anything, it's that, hey, you should love your brother as he is leg hair or no leg hair. I think that's a concept that even in middle school, no offense to middle schoolers listening, but even at a younger age, that's a pretty easy thing to grasp and that it's okay for her sister to feel maybe uncomfortable mm-hmm. about her brother violating this gender norm by shaving his legs. But instead of mocking him, maybe talk to him about it. Say, hey, brother, I feel like this is kind of weird that you're doing this. You're really into shaving your legs. But why do you like that? Why does that make you feel good? Yeah. And maybe by understanding where her brother is coming from with that, that can open her mind up to the more the fluidity of gender. And it also called to mind, too, when I was thinking about this, was how perhaps, uh, you know, hot male idols that she might have, like One Direction or Justin Bieber, practice so many typically effeminate kinds of beauty practices. Right. I mean, go on YouTube. There's a video of Justin Bieber blow-drying his hair that I find almost weirder than the idea of him possibly shaving his legs. You know what I mean? These guys are accessorized. They're wearing makeup. They're putting stuff in their hair. They're doing all of this girly stuff, Mm -hmm. but they're still considered super cute and, like, totally fine. So what's wrong with shaving your leg hair off? I mean, nothing's wrong with shaving your leg hair off, but what I think Claire needs to remember is that middle schoolers are caught up in kind of different things than maybe we are yeah. at, at almost 30, you know? Because, I mean, remember, when you're in middle school, this is like when your hormones hit and all of a sudden you're so focused on fitting in and doing the right thing and wearing the right stuff that when you see someone, you know, who you expect to be normal, like your brother, do something that to your middle school brain is outside of the norm. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is outside of my box of what I consider normal, which is what, you know, I'm just learning these things because I'm in middle school. I'm just learning what's normal and what you're supposed to do. So, Claire, I'm not saying that she's a lost cause. I'm just saying that keep in mind that 
she has a whole different set of norms in her brain than maybe you and your friend do. Yeah, because I I, I remember middle school days and mm-hmm. pretty much everything was embarrassing. Sure. Especially anything family related. You know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, I hope that helps. And even though we did not have time to get to all of y'all's questions, there is one good one that I think we can close out on. And this is coming from a 16-year-old listener who asks, if you could give any advice to your 16-year-old self, what would it be? What would yours be, Caroline? I'm trying to think of myself at 16, and I, I think the advice I would give back then is continue to study hard because you're going to get into a good school self, but don't maybe take things so seriously. (laughs) I don't know. Um, And and just a note to my past self, every time you listen to Fleetwood Mac, you're going to think about when you got that first car and were driving around at night to meet your friends at Starbucks. (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to think about that. Okay. When I listen to Fleetwood Mac. I hope that's not weird. No, not at all. Share my memories. <laughs> what I would tell my 16-year-old self and something that I still tell my 28-year-old self far more often that I'm even comfortable to admit is to don't be so scared of what other people think of you. Because maybe if I had been telling myself that from a, a younger age, maybe I wouldn't be telling myself that as much. From an older age, because it takes a while, I feel like, to understand and be okay with the fact that not everybody's going to like you, and that's totally fine. It's not an excuse to be a jerk. It's sure. just in terms of when you're pursuing what you are passionate about and you're doing any kind of creative work, if you're constantly thinking about how to please everyone mm-hmm. and that if that is some kind of a goal then it is going to stymie, I think, some of some of the process or a lot of the process. Yeah. And I am speaking from personal experience. And I, and I wish that that had been something that I had been more focused on from an even younger age. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing. If I can borrow from Boz Lerman's Everybody Wear Sunscreen, you are not as fat as you imagine. Oh, yeah. That's something oh, the body I issues. still tell myself. All the time. Yeah, maybe we should have just, maybe this question should just be like, what do you, what do y'all tell yourselves? <laughs> All the time. On a daily basis. Yes, don't eat the whole sandwich. <laughs> no, do eat the whole sandwich. Eat the whole sandwich. Yeah. Cause you're awful when you're hangry, Caroline Urban. <laughs> Well, I think this wraps up our bonus episode. Again, we weren't able to get to everyone's questions. If this is something that folks enjoyed, we love hearing from you and like doling out advice so we could do it again. This doesn't have to be a a two-time thing. Right. Just uh, let us know. And you know how to reach us, momstuff at discovery.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Like us there. We got a lot of fun stuff that happens on Facebook, as well as on Twitter at momstuffpodcast and on Tumblr at stuffmomnevertoldyou.tumblr.com. And as always, during the week, you can head over to our website, itshowstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 